Hello and welcome. My name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. And this is What Makes It Great, the podcast where we are slowly working our way through the American Film Institute's top 100 movies of all time in chronological order, starting at the earliest. And for today's episode, we are on our third film on the list, which is 1925, The Gold Rush. Charlie Chaplin, The Gold Rush. This is my first Charlie Chaplin film. Um, Mine too. And I was pretty excited about it, I'm not going to lie. Way more so than the first two films. Mm -hmm. Here we are on something way lighter, happy, funny. Um, I watched it over a series of (laughs) three nights, and I was just working, and I just kept falling asleep just because I was just tired. But I kept going back, and Mm -hmm. I would crack up every single time I watched it. What about you? Uh, I managed to... I did it... I watched it once in in one straight sitting. It was a lot easier to to digest than the first two that we watched, Mm -hmm. at least for me. Yeah, same, definitely. And uh, so I watched it probably, I think, last Saturday. So it's been... Um, we're recording this on a Thursday, so it's been about, what is that, five days or so mm-hmm. since I last watched it. But uh, I've watched clips of it and and uh, done some research and read some articles, and I've been reading um, some of Charlie Chaplin's autobiography as well to kind of get a sense of who he was and a little bit about the movie itself. Yeah. Um, just to go into the movie a little bit, just uh, this is on the list, the original AFI Top 100 list. This is ranked at number 74. Okay. And then for the 10th anniversary list, it moved up to number 58. So this is actually the third movie we've done, but the first movie that's on both lists. And that it was in the 10 years of it, it was, I guess, thought of even better. So it moved up almost 20 full spots wow. in that 10 year span. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it was better. Uh, did they in the second list? I'm sorry, I missed, did they put the uh, version with the sound, the 1945 version, or did it sell? It's still, still both the 1925, 1925 version, the original version okay. is okay. listed on both lists. Um, so that kind of we'll we'll go ahead and jump into that. There are two versions of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one was the original was released in 1925, mm-hmm. um, which is the version we both watched. Um, it is the the version that is listed on these lists. Um, and um, the Criterion Collection has a has this version. It's a restoration. They say it's still kind of a work in progress at, at the beginning of the movie, so there might be some things missing or th- some things are not as qu- quite as good quality. But I thought overall, consistently, it looked and sounded a lot better mm-hmm. than the first two movies we've watched. It felt like a more complete film. Film, definitely. Yep. Um, there wasn't, you know scenes missing or mm-hmm. um, scratches it seemed pretty clean and a good restoration from my experience mm-hmm. so i wasn't quite sure what they're talking about um, but he did recut and re-edit the movie in 1942 added sound he there was a new musical score that was created um, i didn't watch it did you watch the sound version <laughs> on accident the first time which i texted you afterwards and i was like i thought we were doing silent films for a little bit <laughs> um but no, yeah, I, I want to go back and watch it. I think that's what I'm going to do next is go back and see how it compares to the silent one. But I wanted to keep the silent film like freshest for the podcast so we could talk about that right. and like, how we experienced it. And I think that the titles were so much better in this that compared to D.W. Griffith's stuff in the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very, invasive. No, not, no, not at all. Uh, very short and like... You know, just like words, just like what I imagine, like, titles are in silent films, like, Mm -hmm. um, just like action things or like quotes that people would be saying, you know, in conversation and they float a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I did very little research on the film. I, you know, like looked up some of the awards and stuff that it won, uh, and they were all for the 1945 or 1942 version of it. Right. Like, it won. Hmm. It was nominated for two Academy Awards for mm-hmm. the 1942 version. Yeah. Um, They're both sound, right? Yeah, sco- musical score and sound recording. Uh, the Academy Awards didn't exist the first time that the movie came out. Okay. Those don't, didn't sense. come around till 1929, I believe, was the first year of the Academy Awards. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, so there's uh, a couple of interesting things around it. Do you want to um, talk a little bit about Charlie Chaplin first? Uh, yeah, please. I'm really interested to hear what you learned from this book. Yeah, so in reading the book, I... You know, full disclosure, I haven't read it all of it. It's, it's close to 500 pages mm-hmm. long, so I kind of jumped around and, and read some bits and pieces, and I fo- tried to focus on a little bit of his kind of early life growing up to mm-hmm. kind of get a sense of who he was, and then a little bit of uh, the making of this movie in particular. So um, that's kind of where I jumped around in it. Um, he was born in London, and uh, he was the son of two vaudeville performers. And I think vaudeville is is something that deserves to be talked about a little bit, just mm-hmm. in terms of of the influence that it had on him and and his movies basically are vaudeville movies. Yeah. Um it's it's all about music and dancing and mm-hmm. physical comedy and kind of some over the top, you know, outrageous situations and like variety acts, variety shows and uh, I am familiar, you know, we both grew up on the Marx Brothers and they're very mm-hmm. vaudevillian as well. So they had, you know, va- they grew up in vaudeville just like Charlie Chaplin yep. did. Um, Definitely a similar, like, Marx Brothers feel, humor at least, like, witty, witty dumb, there's a little Groucho Marx kind of thing. I was kind of seeing similarities between him and uh, Chaplin here. And Harpo, too, and just the yeah, physical, physicality of the role and, and the mannerisms and a lot of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and the no talking, yeah, yeah, that's too obvious. <laughs> right, <That's> right. <laughs> um, uh, his parents split when he was very, very young, and he grew up really poor, like, almost Dickensian, in and out of workhouses and, and things like that. Um, his mother got really ill when he was young as well. Um, some sources say like it was something like a syphilis kind of a thing that kind of oh, wow. led to some severe mental illnesses where she was checked into mental institutions mm-hmm. for much of his life. And I, fe- I feel like I remember that she died in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of grew up very poor, in and out of workhouses, sometimes on his own. Um, and and his first public appearance or first public performance was when he was five years old and his mom was sick and he filled in at the last minute for his mom during one of his sh- one of her shows. Oh, wow. Um, and that was kind of his first taste of the spotlight on the stage. And That's cool. And he joined a stage like vaudeville circuit touring you know, all over uh, London and touring over uh, America and eventually kind of went into films. I think, the <clears throat> excuse me, I think the thing to talk about with films at this time is you weren't just it's not like it was today you, you you know actors and directors and everything were hired by the studios mm-hmm. and these companies would have it was very much like a stage company like a theater company mm-hmm. that would have sure. all of these actors and playwrights and directors kind of on their um payroll and everything would just be kind of done through them so he was a part of a couple of different companies and he would be on contract to make so many different short films and things like that for them. And this is kind of where he got popular making short films um, and com- short comedies and eventually with his Tramp character, which is yeah. the character <laughs> that is in The Gold Rush mm-hmm. and in a lot of his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually you know, formed United Artists with um, D.W. Griffith, who we've talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Douglas Fairbanks, and Mary Pickford, who were the two kind of biggest actors of the time, mm-hmm. um, in addition to Charlie Chaplin. And he, his first movie with United Artists was 
a movie called A Woman of Paris, which was actually a drama that he was not in. He wrote and directed it, and I think he had like a cameo role in it. Didn't do too well, um, and that's mainly because people wanted to see him in it. They wanted a comedy. It wasn't kind of what they were looking for. So his follow-up to that, his second United Artists film, is The Gold Rush. Um, the movie that we're talking about today, where he brings back his popular tramp character that was made um, popular in his movies and shorts that he was making while he was under contract with those other studios. And it was super ambitious. Uh, it would cost over a million dollars. There's different, lots of different extras and, and things that were taken into account um, in the making of this movie. And it's super ambitious and epic on scale in terms of comedies. Um, but, uh, you want to get into the movie a little bit? Yeah, let's get into the movie. <laughs> okay. So first the movie's inspired by a picture he saw of a bunch of prospe- prospectors traveling through the snow. Just a picture? Yeah, uh, it was just a picture. Just one picture inspired the whole thing? Yeah, well that, that and the story of the Donner Party. What's the Donner Party? Donner Party is a, is a group of people that got stranded out, um, in the wilderness and snowed in and eventually had to resort to... There was a story of eating the their own shoes, um, which oh, you will okay. see in this yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. and uh, cannibalism, uh-huh. um, eating like the dead bodies of the people that were stranded with them too. So, yeah. those two stories, he thought like, wow, that is a striking image, and what a tragedy that he can find some comedy in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he very much believed that comedy and tragedy were kind of really closely intertwined, and yeah, he could like find that, that um, comedy within those that extreme circumstance, which is definitely always always true. Mm-hmm. Still true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they saw that picture, and it kind of inspired him to l- take a look into it. Um, and it's recreated in the opening of the movie, the the shot of the all the people kind of Walking traveling up through the up the mountain in the snow. Yeah, that was a really cool shot. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. And it was over 600 extras it took. That's to sh- And the cast and the crew and everything like that. They just, and it was shot on location as well. Oh, wow. Um, in Alaska? No, in, uh, I think, I want to say Nevada. No. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nowhere near alaska nah, that's cool <laughs> um yeah okay so i like the uh, let's talk about that uh what you know i like how he was relating he, you know comedy and tragedy being just so closely related and everything and i i think that this movie it was really good for me and i liked it so much because it was genuinely funny like the comedy holds up um it's like a weird tragedy a very situational like you know, tragedy, I guess, that's going on with them being, like, starving. So, like, at the beginning, you know, they go into the cabin. Um, mm-hmm. When he's just, like, hiking through the mountain by himself. He's the lone prospector. Yeah, that's the character name, uh-huh. the lone the prospector. The lone prospector, yeah. And uh, he goes into some cabin that's just, like, out in the middle of this blizzard. And But before that, you have the great comedy moment of him, you know, doing his little weird he's walk, waddling. spinning his cane around with his oversized shoes and... Mm-hmm. and uh, Big pants the, and everything. And, and the bear that's following him. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. he's just, like, narrowly missing this bear. And it was a real... It looks like a real bear. It looks like a very real bear. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't. I haven't. I didn't see that story, but I'm assuming it's an, a real bear in most of those shots. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, now the one that they wrestle in that they, they that there's a scene. Yeah. That's that's a, a real, guy in that's a suit. That's a guy in a suit. Okay. Yeah. That one looked a little <laughs> off, but then it cuts to another shot, and it was like, okay, it looks like it's back to a real bear. Yeah. I was gonna want to talk with you about that. I was yeah. like, okay, where? <laughs> how much of this is real bear, and how much of this is guy in a bear suit? <laughs> no, but it's pretty split. Um, no, yeah, so he walks through the mountain. He's being all Charlie Chaplin and uh, 
the lone prospect and everything. He goes to this cabin and there's like a, an outlaw in it. His name's uh, Larson, Black Larson or mm-hmm. Larson Black mm-hmm. or something yeah, like Black that. Yeah, Black Larson. Um, and anyways, he like, they have some fight and everything. And it gets to a point where, what is it? The other guy, Big James is his other friend or yeah, something. Yeah, Big Jim. Big Jim. Uh, he So there's three guys in this cabin, basically, is what ends up happening. Three mm-hmm. lone prospectors or like a, a, what is it? A prospector, a miner, and a... And a criminal. And a criminal. Yeah. But the like the, the reason they're in there is because a blizzard hits, and so they're they're finding this cabin there. That's what they're using for shelter. Yeah. And I loved the the door opens and they get blasted back through the other door, yeah. and they're sliding in and All out of this bits cabin. In the cabin were awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His humor is great there. What is it? But the eating the shoe is what I'm trying to get to. Yes. Yeah. Like the tragedy of starving on the mountain and everything, and you know going through the gold rush and trying to hopes to be rich and everything. Mm-hmm. There's like apparently some real people that would eat the leather from their shoe and stuff like that to, mm-hmm. I don't know, try to survive and to try to, like, you know, stave off starving to death. And what they did for to shoot that scene is is they uh, made shoes out of licorice. Okay, yeah, it looked like candy or something. Yeah. But the in this movie, Charlie Chaplin and uh, his friend Big James, they, like, and the criminal, they draw straws or something, and one of them, whoever draws the oh, they, straw, they play has the to cards. Go. They play cards. That's what it is. The lowest card goes. The lowest out. card goes. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin Great gets a bit. three, and then he's and like, he "Oh, dang it, turns I'm gonna around. go." And yeah, criminal gets a two. Yeah. Yeah, he turns around, grabs his coat, starts putting it on. The other guy draws a two, and he just keeps moving and turns right back around and puts the coat back on the wall. <laughs> um, anyway, so he goes out to look for food, and then the other two are in there and they're starving, and then they boil Charlie Chaplin's shoe. And the rest of the movie, and then they eat the he's, shoe. He's wearing like like a sack on his shoe. I thought for sure they were gonna do some bit about his foot being frostbitten or something. No, the entire rest of the sack. movie is just he's got a sh- one shoe and then one like wrapped up burlap sack around another foot. For I think for the whole movie. Yeah, there's no way he was warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the snow in the mountains, no way. Meanwhile, so Big Jim, the other guy, he had found a he had found gold right before this blizzard hit. And so whenever Black Larson gets the has to go out and search for food um, and leaves the lone prospector and Big Jim in the cabin, he actually finds Big Jim's gold mm-hmm. um, and decides to wait there for Big Jim to come back. Uh-huh. And he, so he kind of lays a trap for him. I don't know why he just didn't take the gold and leave. I don't know what the whole point of him is that leaving waiting there for him to return. Oh, yeah, and then they have that stupid scene. Not stupid scene, but they have that title where it's like, in the north, the north has its, it's like sets the law and period. And then that guy, after he like ambushes Big Jim, he mm-hmm. has the sled of gold or whatever, and then like walks a little too close to the edge of a cliff and it just <laughs> crumbles yeah. and kills him. Dead. Black Larson's gone. Yeah, the end of that character. Um, but meanwhile, while they're eating the shoe, <laughs> so he boils his shoe um, and he pulls it out and he, you know, he's takes it off and there's. They split the shoe in half, and they're chewing on the shoe. He's got the shoelace, and it's like spaghetti-looking <laughs> stuff. And then the nails, he's picking his teeth with the nails of his shoe. Um, and, yeah, there was it was licorice was that they made the shoes out of so they could that's actually cool. eat them. I thought it was like pasta. They just, like, died or something. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they um, this whole time, they're still starving, and Big Jim looks at at uh charlie chaplin's character and he turns into a chicken mm-hmm. a giant chicken that he's envisioning yeah. and he's like you know licking his lips and at, at the side of this chicken he tries to eat and then he gets you know he tries to eat charlie chaplin and then 
you know, he, he gets his senses knocked into him mm-hmm. not, and uh, he sees Charlie Chaplin again. This happens a couple of different times. Yeah. But this is, you know, I had never seen this movie before, but I had seen this a million times uh-huh. uh, at Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like, you it's know, you're on the stranded yeah. island and your friend turns into a giant hot dog or yeah, whatever like it a is. turkey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was Chuck Jones and the Looney Tunes guys and everything. Um, we're inspired by this for that mm-hmm. joke. So this is something that has gone on and been done and been done a million times over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's okay. So he looks at this picture to come up with a movie for this idea. Okay. So I haven't read this book about Charlie Chaplin, but what I find really interesting about this film is, you know, you look at the credits and he wrote, directed, produced, starred, edited, edited this movie, which is so amazing and so impressive like, mm-hmm. to begin with. You know, the first thing I've seen, wow way to go charlie like it's really impressive yeah um, i mean he is you know uh you know the very few film classes i've taken you talk about auteurs yeah and the auteur theory is essentially someone that like the director is the is the author of the piece uh-huh. someone you know like when you think of auteurs they like maybe more modern day ones they have their own very distinctly think uh-huh. of like wes anderson uh-huh. someone who you like you know a wes tarantino. anderson mo- movie as soon as you have tarantino mm-hmm. tim burton even yeah. um they just have a very distinctive style that is theirs alfred hitchcock Mm -hmm. um you know uh stanley kubrick Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these kinds of guys and charlie chaplin is definitely one of those definitely right direct star definitely produced created his own movie studio to have creative control over this you know kind of stuff and be a part of the business of the of the movie making like it kind of blows me away that he you know just i don't know i like that idea of him just like looking at the photo and being like yeah, okay, so they're eating shoes and, like, be, you know, eating each other, and that's what he plays on in that one mm-hmm. scene. But he takes that idea and he makes, like, a a really, like, not compelling story, but, like, a good comedy. Like, mm-hmm. the story really, it flows, it you know, it drives. It's much more than that one idea. Like, he took something and he, he ran with it and he made, like, a really good piece of art. Mm-hmm. Um, the music, though, so whenever I looked it up and I saw that it won awards for sound and everything for the 1940 release Mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting because i thought the music in this one was just so amazing like all of the songs and everything were just so perfect like Mm -hmm. it has a once upon a dream in there and i don't like right i I didn't know that that was a thing yeah before the sleeping beauty before sleeping Sleeping beauty's out in like the 50s or something right so i thought that was an original to sleeping beauty i had no idea yeah me neither but it's got like really good songs and like really good like Old Lang Syne. Old Lang, yeah. So I want to go through the plot of the movie. I want to stop getting so sidetracked because there's so many good things mm-hmm. to jump back to, like all the scenes in the cabin and everything. But let's like brush through that. But the music played such an important role in this. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. It. It, it really did um, serve to really punctuate a lot of the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, and we can kind of talk a little bit about those as they might, whether come up that be a for more. like comedic reasons or for dramatic, you know, tense mm-hmm. reasons or mm-hmm. mostly comedic, but okay. Yeah. So where were we talking about the movie? So they, so he's been turning into a chicken and attacks him. And eventually, um, yeah. While they're chasing each other, uh, the bear comes back yeah. <laughs> and they kill the bear uh-huh. and there's their food. Mm-hmm. They've got food for to survive this blizzard. Mm-hmm. They, uh, oh they, man, and that scene whenever, he, I think Chaplin shoots the bear outside of the cabin. He's like standing in the door or something and like shoots it, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, B- 
big gym goes and like gets the bear and then Charlie Chaplin sets the table and he's standing in front of the table and he's like sharpening like his fork and his knife so like he's so ready for mm-hmm. food it looks mm-hmm. like oh man that cracked me up and it just fades out on that <laughs> shot of him you like, don't even yeah, see him eating the bear he's frantically just like, sharpening <laughs> and ready <laughs> great bit of physical comedy yeah it was really good and that's the thing it's like when it comes time for the Marx Brothers, which we have a couple of Marx Brothers movies on the list that we'll be talking about in the very near future, um, there's a lot of physical comedy in there, but they're sound movies. So there's a lot of puns. There's a lot of you know Wit. dialogue yeah. comedy. Uh-huh. Um, Charlie Chaplin has to rely only on physical comedy during this, this silent movie era. Yeah. And honestly, whenever I think of silent movies, even though I had never seen a Charlie Chaplin movie before, it, these are the kinds of movies that I thought about yeah. when I think about silent movies. Is these like very kind of broad com- physical comedy, mm-hmm. vaudevillian, you know, guys getting knocked down and yeah. stumbling back up to their feet and just kind of wearing goofy outfits and <laughs> doing crazy stunts and all this kinds of things. So, anyway. Um, they kill the bear, they have food, they're able to survive the blizzard, and so um, they kind of go their own way afterwards, and Big Jim goes back to his where he f- had the gold. And yeah, they split. It's like he's going to go to the mine, secret mine or whatever, and mm-hmm. then um, what's-his-face is going to the town or whatever. Right, and that's where that's where we talked about where the, the criminal knocks out Big Jim with a shovel, takes the gold, and then gets killed uh-huh. um, by falling off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. eventually Big Jim wakes up, and he's unconscious has lost his memory and kind of is stumbling around Mm -hmm. meanwhile charlie chaplin's character is off and he runs into a town where he goes into i believe a saloon and he sees georgia Mm -hmm. who is um a woman that's her actual name georgia hale is the Mm -hmm. actress's name and um charlie chaplin she was not originally cast in that role the original cast the actress that was originally cast was Lita Gray, who was Charlie Chaplin's wife at the time. Okay. Um, they did not get along too, too well. <laughs> um, and so she was kind of fired and then replaced with Georgia Hale. Okay. Um, Lita Gray worked with Charlie Chaplin um, and was, I believe it was Lita Gray. I want to double check my notes here. Um, yeah, Lita Gray... Um, was wait no i think i'm i am just i am mistaken yeah i am mistaken she was she married charlie chaplin um in the 20s um oh yeah yeah so lita lita gray was 15 when they met oh wow when they their relationship began with charlie chaplin she was 15 how old was he uh, in his 30s. Oh, God. Uh, 35. Oh, no. And she was expected that she got pregnant when she was 15 from oh. Charlie Chaplin. They married when she was 16. Okay. Um, well, less cool, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, and this was done in secret. Um, their marriage was um, in secret because they didn't want him to get imprisoned for having sexual relations with a minor, according quote oh. from direct quote from Wikipedia on this. Okay, um, okay. well. And, uh, so she's so. not in the movie. She was in the movie. Um, they weren't doing very well, so she got kicked off and gets replaced with Georgia Hale. Apparently, Charlie Chaplin and Georgia Hale got into a relationship during the filming of this movie. And um, Charlie Chaplin was a bit of a womanizer. He was kind of in and out of a lot of relationships, having a lot of affairs um, constantly throughout his, his career. Um, and so they were, their marriage was kind of falling apart with Lita Gray during this time. And so he started up his relationship with Georgia Hale. Um, and, um, 
Yeah, so Georgia Hills, he falls in love with this woman in this... Okay, yeah, back to, so yeah. she back comes, to the movie, yeah. She sorry. comes into this uh, town in, like, a sleigh with, like, three other women and this dude. Uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, his name is Jack Cameron, I believe. Jack Cameron, okay. And, uh, yeah, so she's all, like, all in love with this guy, Jack, basically. So she comes into the town in this sleigh, and she's all dressed all fancy and everything, and then Charlie Chaplin, like comes into this town all by himself with his cane and his, you know, paper was a potato sack on his foot instead yeah. of the shoe. And um, they both, all three of them end up in the saloon. And so Charlie Chaplin sees Georgia. And uh, was she dancing with Jack? I think she's dancing with yeah, Jack. Yeah, the ladies' man. Jack the ladies' man. That's right. That's what Jack the ladies' man. That was the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're dancing. And I, okay, this is my biggest question mark of this movie is what is Jack the ladies man and George's relationship? Does she like him? Cause it sounds like at times she does. And at other times he seems like he's, his character is created to be like, I don't know, some sort of like offensive, like ladies man in an offensive way that, that maybe he's like kind of flirting with all the women and, and things like that. What it felt like to me was that he was a, I don't know. He's like a pretty common He's just like the opposite of Charlie Chaplin's character. It felt like Chaplin, I don't know, he made like a love story out of it. You know, his this tramp character. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his other movies, like what this same character guy kind of does or like what he falls into, stumbles himself into. But you know, if he has a common theme of, if he's a womanizer, maybe he has a common theme of like falling in love with a different lady each movie, you know, like a different lead female or female lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, so that's this is like the love angle. It's just kind of building up tension for him to be able to like, make him seem so much more tragic you know to make it funnier i guess to like it's yeah so tragic for this bum with who just ate his shoe starving you know looking for trying to get rich coming out here you know this rich pretty girl with this ladies man like there's no way she's gonna get with him it just kind of it's just like funny situational i don't know comedy that he wrote it's and it's a trope that happens in comedy all like throughout cinema history film history and most of the time in this movie the relationship does not work out for him yeah the the tramp the main character the hero of the movie he he gets he in the end he does yeah. but in most of the movie he's not getting the girl and it's uh-uh. and she doesn't like him she's not paying attention to him not at all. Uh, it's <laughs> this was i don't know how i felt about it uh, it was what like i mean? didn't really like that it was weird <laughs> like i thought i expect it was just like I don't know. It's I. I guess I probably went into it with bad um, expectations. I didn't expect to kind of have this kind of downer. Did you love go into it knowing that something. he was like all you know with a fifteen-year-old and all creepy? And no, all no, that was okay, something okay. I did afterwards. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so went into it blind. Kind of I, I just watched the movie and then did the research okay. afterwards. <laughs> no, yeah, right. That <laughs> that would definitely change things. But yeah, it's a little less funny with that lens. But a lot. But whatever. <laughs> and I just don't. I didn't look like how they got together in the end. It seemed a little disingenuous, and we'll get into that, I guess, when we get to the to yeah, the end part. Yeah. So this first meeting, like he's, what she dances with him, she's like playing hard to get with this Jack guy or something, and mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm gonna dance with the most ugliest guy here or whatever, and she goes and dances with Charlie Chaplin, or like the dirtiest guy, or I forget what it is, like the most homeless right. looking guy, whatever. Yeah, that, that hobo. <laughs> whatever negative <laughs> adjective, yeah, <laughs> that hobo guy. Um, and she goes and dances with him, and he's just like is smitten. He's just like this dumb idiot, just so in love with her, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, he, like, tries to, I don't know, he doesn't try to go after her or something. She ends up leaving, and uh, the ladies' man is, like, trying to go after her. And at one point in this first meeting, Charlie Chaplin's, like, standing in between. He's, like, in the doorway, and Jack's trying to get to Georgia. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's stopping them, and they get into some fight. And then um, this big dude's just, you know, owning Charlie Chaplin, basically, like, pulls his hat down over his eyes and, Mm -hmm, like, kicks mm -hmm. him. And then Charlie Chaplin ends up turning around and throwing a haymaker up against like some pillar it's the yeah the post the wooden post wooden post and his hands all hurting and then like some clock that was at the top of the post falls and hits this dude in the head and knocks him out and chaplin walks away and he's like uh-huh like, yeah. yeah check that Showed out him yeah, yeah, yeah. dirt off his shoulders kind of thing walking out all confident right is this also the scene for was it was it a later scene where he's dancing with her and his pants keep falling down? Okay, and yeah, so, that is my that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Yes. Yeah, so while he's okay. dancing with her, yes. his pants it's the best bit of physical it comedy. Is. It is. Uh, this was honestly, I didn't laugh out loud the entire movie except for this scene. No, I was This was I'm actually I was like that. laughing out loud. The <laughs> other stuff too. I was like, you know, the, the the meme where it's like that was so comical some air came out of my nostrils. Like yeah. I would yeah. like, you know, you know, giggle a little yeah, bit here and there, a yeah. chuckle here and there. But this one, I actually, this scene, I did laugh out loud. It just kept going. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so good. It was just such good physical comedy. And I'm glad you said that because this is the only part of the movie that I burst out laughing at. Yeah. There's some other parts I was like, oh my God, that dumb joke. But okay, so he's dancing Set with the her. Scene. Yeah. So yeah, she comes over and asks him to dance and he's all like, oh buddy, you know, super excited and everything. And they go out to the dance uh, floor and they're dancing it's going good for a minute. You know, he's all confident and everything. And then his pants start falling down. So he's like... And they're the most ridiculously big pants in the world. So, They so do not big. fit him at all. <laughs> they're falling like multiple feet down, but yeah, they're like still like not his underwear his showing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he keeps pulling him back up like while he's dancing and like, you know, trying to hold her hand and then keeps pulling his hand back. And then finally he sees like a... A rope, rope yeah. like on the ground, like underneath some table, and he like grabs the rope and he ties it around his pants, and then <laughs> the rope is attached to a dog that was underneath his leash or whatever yeah. for some dog, and so he's <laughs> dancing with her, like just I feel like they started moving more aggressively around mm-hmm. the dance floor at that point, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dog kept like yanking him back and mm-hmm. forth, and he's getting pulled <laughs> he's around by this dog. Over. <laughs> And then finally he cuts the <laughs> he cuts the leash off, but it's just so stupid. Right. It was so perfect. And apparently that dog was, was the highest paid extra <laughs> yeah, uh, of the movie. <laughs> no, it, and I almost felt bad. No, so he goes, he, he like kicks the dog at one point. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, yeah. shit, like that's not going to fly. Like you can't show that anymore. But then like the dog like knocks him over, like pulls him down and like. Totally owns him afterwards or something like that, but yeah, this is not gonna have the what is the the, the ASPCA yeah, seal no, of approval at the end. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, no, animals were harmed in the making. Yeah, this movie looks like dang, yeah, they weren't around. <laughs> but that was yeah, such a good scene. Yeah, there's there are so many scenes that are talked about in this movie. Um, the you know him turning into a chicken, him cooking the shoes, or a couple of the ones that we've huh. talked about so far. But this was the most memorable scene for me. Yeah. This was the funniest scene for me. Yeah. It reminded me of like one of the, I mean, we'll get to the Marx Brothers movies later, but it reminded me of like a classic Marx Brothers scene. The classic Mm -hmm. Chaplin, all the dog scene. It's just so good. Right. (laughs) The dancing with the pants. So eventually they kind of agree to meet up for New Year's Eve. Okay. He he invites them over. He invites her and her friends over for dinner at his, at his cabin for New Year's Eve. And so he gets all excited. They're at his cabin for some reason. 
It's it's a dream. It's like a fantasy. No, 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 no. They go to his cabin and before it's all set up. Mm. I'm pretty sure. It's like something they like. I'm not remembering that part. But I do know. Because she knows where it is. Oh, they're throwing snowballs. That's what it is. Ah, uh, like you're right. He's cleaning his right. cabin or whatever. And of course, the, the her... bit of he opens the door and gets a snowball immediately <laughs> right into the face. Right into the face. Yeah. So Georgia's friends are throwing snowballs at her, and she's conveniently like running straight towards the door of Charlie Chaplin's place the next morning after that dance scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he op- he's like cleaning or something after what he's doing. Cooking, I think is what he's, he's cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, he opens the door because snowballs keep hitting the door and a snowball hits him right in the face. But then it, like, keeps happening. Like, she turns around and George is looking at him and then, like, another one or two, like, hit him in the face and knock him back into his cabin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then they're in there and I forget the, the girls come in or something and then he, like, cooks something and they're like, oh, wow, you can cook or whatever. And they're, like, kind of mocking him. So maybe this is kind of more of that vibe you were talking about where you didn't really like their relationship, him and this girl, and her. It, it and just the Jack seems thing. really one-sided. Yeah. And you know, spoiler alert: he gets rich at the end, yeah. and that's when she decides she wants to be with him. Yeah. But I think it, I think it was a little bit more than. I mean, maybe not. I don't think that's when she decides because she sees. And we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. So uh, then, when they're at the house after the snowball fight, he somehow invites them over. He's like, you guys should come over New Year's Eve night. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be there. And then <laughs> New Year's Eve night comes, and he, like, sets the table, and everything gets all ready. And it's just a really, really sad scene. Yeah, they don't and show they up. They don't show up. They're at that dance hall again with that Jack dude just dancing, like, having a great time. Meanwhile, he's fantasizing and dreaming about what it's going to be like whenever they come over, and he's got all these place settings for them. and. And he entertains them. This is the famous scene of the movie, is that he entertains them. Yeah, the little bread, dancing with the bread. Yeah, he the puts little... forks in the bread rolls, and he does a little sh- shoe shuffle dance with these bread rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the thing that is this movie is really remembered for. Yeah. Um, that's the most famous scene of the movie. Apparently, there's stories of certain movie theaters. They were laughing so hard. They loved it so much that the projectionist had to go run up and rewind the film and play that scene again <laughs> for the, the audience. the stupidest thing I've heard. Right? That is unheard of. You would never, even in a million years, you would never hear oh of that happening God. to a movie today. You know, of like an audience being so enamored with something on the screen Everyone's that they like, go and play that again. again. It's like an play encore. Again. <laughs> and I think that really speaks to the, the culture of what it meant to go to a movie's then versus what it, the culture of what it means to go to a movie's now and it's completely different you know the, remember, remember this is a little off topic remember that sherlock holmes movie with that one funny scene where uh, john c Riley like yes, falls it's like l- the one natural physical comedy yes thing. What, what if that we were just chanting in the alamo draft house play it again play it again it's like the it, one good part of that movie. and it just, would not have happened in a million years ever, we would have gotten <laughs> kicked out of the movie theater but it happened. It's like it was much more of like going to the movie. To the, the movies was like going to the theater and yeah. seeing a play. Yeah. And you wanted an encore. Yeah. Or you go into a concert where you wanted more, more, give me an <laughs> yeah. encore. And they but actually rewarded was, it. That scene, though, that's what they wanted the, to like go back to and rewind? That's what they loved the most. It made me so sad. Like I thought it was funny, but then like I, I realized, like, oh, no, they're not there. Like They already showed them at the dance hall, and then it cuts away. Mm-hmm. And he's like asleep at the table, and it's like midnight. And yep. he's by himself. Chiming and, in the New Year. So he decides. Oh, he to, wakes up to 
he wakes up because George is in the dance hall, standing on the bar with two guns, and she's just shooting. Blasting. Off. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah. Blasting off into the New Year here, and then he wakes up to gunshots. Yeah, right at New Year's. Yeah, and so he sl- he morosely goes and walks the streets of the snow-covered, the snow-covered streets of the city. Yeah. Um, and uh, as the New Year as the New Year bells and apparently firearms ring, you know, yeah. ring, ring out. And uh, an it's odd Lang sign is playing. An old Lang sign yeah. is playing, and it's it. Yeah, let's go back to the music because that that was the most significant portion of music for me in the movie. It mm-hmm. was it's a comedy, and he's so depressed yeah. and lonely, uh-huh. and you it cuts between you know these people having the time of their lives in this bar, mm-hmm. you know, it's all singing to this song mm-hmm. and him wandering in the snow, in the cold by himself. Yeah. And why am I supposed to like this woman? Yeah, I know. Like, that's what I don't get. It's yeah. like the movie is doing such a good job of wanting me to not like her. Yeah. That, that, it, and then whenever. Well, it, I mean, okay. So she, yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily like her. And then like right afterwards, she, forgets she's like she remembers she's like oh that dinner plans yeah and then she goes empty house empty house and uh jack follows her right Mm, i think so yeah and they have some like weird falling out thing and then more more meanness follows is what i'm trying to get to so yeah her jack's like kiss me kiss me and she's like no no and she like slaps him and then after he's like like, all right yeah yeah, (laughs) see you later and then like the next day she's like at the bar by herself upstairs she like writes a letter to him because to he, jack to jack right? because he's like dancing with other girls or something and she's like yeah to jack she's like i'm so sorry for what i did last night and how I, much she loves him yeah i love you georgia and then gets the waiter to give it to jack and then charlie chaplin shows up and then jack's like hey give this to him and don't tell him that it's from me and he opens it, and he's just, like, even more enamored again. He's like, she left me on New Year's Eve, but she still loves me. What yeah. she Or she loves me to begin with. Like, that's, like, what yeah. the first time. Like, poor guy, man. Like, again, poor car- what she's a, writing the love letter character. to Jack, the, not to Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. And he, and Charlie thinks it's for him, so he goes up, and he's like, I, I'm... I love you. I love you. And then that's when Big Jim comes yep, in. That's when Big Jim comes back. He has his. He find, He sees Charlie Chaplin, and he recognizes him as this guy. And he's like, "Oh, the cabin. The cabin. So do the you gold. know where this cabin is, so that we can find? Maybe we can. The two of us can find where my gold is, because yeah. I just I can't seem to remember because I got hit on the head. But I remember you, and I remember the cabin. Uh-huh. Maybe we can find it together. So like we can be millionaires together. So uh-huh. he takes him out to go find the gold and as he's leaving as he's leaving he's shouting up to georgia he's like i love you i'll come back da, 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 da. Yeah. she doesn't say anything he like kisses her hand a bunch and he's like i'm gonna come back he's like i love you so much and she's just like yeah yeah like that wasn't for you dude but yeah all right you know what you changed my mind i think <laughs> I, I don't like georgia screw georgia yeah screw georgia <laughs> she's screw terrible. georgia i think it, it and was screw just the, the love story of this movie it's yeah. not i liked the movie it was really just like a, a tool. I don't know. It's just like, a, okay, so what I see is that he was like writing comedy and he was writing these bits in these sets, in these scenes. And he had these like songs and ideas like like put together. So like, uh, he's like, I like this once upon a dream thing. And I've got this idea for this scene um, where I'm dancing and my pants are falling down. You know, like, boom, let's pair that together. Right. Uh, I like this little scene, you know, this idea with the, 
uh, the bread loafs and things and like we can do some cool editing here and let's have odd lang sign you know have like mm-hmm. uh, an emotional moment and then you know just like he's trying to connect these like or let's have a funny scene where you know the these door opens in this and cabin right. and it's because basically most of the movie takes place in the cabin that the three meet up in at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, the dance hall the, there's like a couple scenes where you have Charlie Chaplin has a little cabin that he's staying in in the town right. where he meets George, or Georgia comes over right. and he's going to have the party and everything mm-hmm. Um, the but dance it's mostly like, like the cabin, things, the yeah. dance hall, and then the cabin again. Right. Like, Having said that, there is a clear through line and clear narrative of the movie. Yeah. Um, but we just don't necessarily like it. Right. But well, more it's well, I I like it up until the end. Yeah. Um, so it it follows a clear narrative, a clear through line. Actually, a lot more so I feel like than either of the two movies we watched before. Maybe even. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, oh, definitely, it's, definitely. It sticks with Especially. Charlie Chaplin the entire time. Yeah. Uh, it's not epic in scope in that sense. There's uh-huh. not a million bajillion different characters and everything. There's it's like five characters. Long. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it sticks with him, and it's it is a clear one clear distinct story. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so they leave him. Charlie Chaplin and Big Jim go out. They find the cabin, um, and they rest up there. And while they're resting up there, something crazy happens, and the cabin starts sliding around on the snow. <laughs> yeah, it's like some blizzard or something, and it like picks up it's like uh dorothy's house in wizard of oz and like mm-hmm. <laughs> gets mm-hmm. picked up by a whirlwind pretty much and just like blown and it, i love this scene i want to see if i can find the uh the title for it uh it's like and it landed to a perfect spot or whatever it's like something right. closer to uh and then it like cuts away that scene almost had me laughing out loud yeah so the scene so the 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 house is sliding around on the snow and eventually it settles precariously half on a cliff and half not on the cliff like it's like half on the land and half over the open air right so we're watching the scene right now this the house is it looks like a a a hockey puck on an air hockey table as it's just like swirling around the floor picks up with it and somebody's standing underneath there like walking around a set or something right and i I have no idea how they how what they're doing it's got to be a miniature or something they They did use miniatures in this scene too okay so here it is so the the title says and as our slumbering heroes slept throughout the storm fate guided them to a spot where all was calm yeah cut to cut to (laughs) there the cabin is halfway off the edge of a cliff and it's just like teetering just balanced barely like about to fall off this right so there's a great (laughs) comedy of you know they they go to one side of the cabin and the whole thing tilts they run over to the other one to balance it back out and Mm -hmm. there's they're falling on the ground and crawling up and and just back and forth back and forth as it tips and tips and tips and Mm -hmm. eventually big jim manages to get out of the cabin and he grabs um a rope and throws it through the door, and Charlie Chaplin saves grabs and Chaplin. saves him before the whole cabin falls off the cliff. And their gold is there, and, and they become super rich, and then it cuts away, and they're on their way back to the States. Or, like, the... What is it? The yeah, because this is the Klondike, so I guess it's Alaska, Canada area. Mm-hmm. So now they're coming back to the main pa- main part of the United States. Like, mm-hmm. what's the, the word? Contiguous. contiguous the yeah. contiguous states um, on a ship, and they're rich, rich, rich. And um, he's wearing a nice top hat. He's got shoes, you know, again, he's mm-hmm. got like a nice. Tux I feel like his jacket is still super tight and tiny. 
It or seemed it... a little bigger and nicer. Oh no, it's because they get they want him in his original clothes. Yeah, yeah. For no. a photo. I don't even think they do. I think that's another funny little thing. I didn't pick up on that. And that also goes back to why I had to change my opinion on Georgia. I think a lot of it's like the sound takes it all away. You know, without without the sound, without talking, you just have to rely on their facial features. And her facial mm-hmm. features are just very like in like in I don't know, enamoring or just mm-hmm. like she's just like looking at everybody all lovey dovey, so that kinda confused me. You kind of but yeah, she's the worst. Screw her. Um <laughs> but you no, know, so like at this We end, haven't even gotten to the point <laughs> yet, but I'm I'm ecstatic that I've convinced you yeah. of this. <laughs> but uh so <laughs> they're in this scene and I think that you take it like they wanted him in the clothes. I didn't take it that way at all. I was like, hey, we're going to take this photo of you and uh, your friend here, you know, from your journey. Like, let's, you know, have it for the story and everything. Like, you guys want to get ready? And then his friend, like, sits down and gets his nails done and, like, gets even fancier and even more dressed up. And then Charlie Chaplin's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll go get ready for the photo about us and our story and everything. Sure, sure. And then like, goes back and, like, He's like putting dirt on his jacket. It looked like he was like mm-hmm. had the bag on his foot again. You know, puts that the bag same back hat. on. Yeah, he gets into his prospector outfit, his yeah, uniform. The, yeah, the tramp outfit again. Right, yeah. and uh, of course they're not quite. Re- so he walks ro- walking around um, on the ship like looking like he was poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's note that there was a stowaway on the ship, so they're looking around for the stowaway. Yeah, um, George is on the ship. He and- runs into Georgia. Georgia was on the ship randomly, mm-hmm. um, and. She feels she thinks that he is the stowaway. Mm-hmm. So the one good thing she does in the movie is she tries to hide him and protect him yeah, from getting it, like, called way out. Too obviously, and like standing, like sitting right by him, and like right. And they're like, no, 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 no. He's not a stowaway. He's the wealthy oh, prospector yeah. that uh, you know is a millionaire. Blah blah blah. And she's like, oh, oh. Uh-huh. And so then they take pictures together kissing and kiss they and he, live happily ever after. and that's how the movie ends was with them embracing and then they share a kiss and the movie ends yeah um that she loves him because he had money i don't understand she every when he before when he didn't have money she was all about jack the ladies man even though he treated her terribly um they treated each other terribly she treated charlie chaplin terribly because he was poor forgetting about him leaving him all alone on new year's eve and man. Yeah, what this is just a sad story. And then he gets rich, and then oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's spend time together. Now, I would have thought it would have been a fine movie if they didn't end up together. Yeah, it, because it would have been tragic, and it, but it would have there would have been would have a been comedy like, throughout, but it, and it would have been tragic, and it would have been consistent, and it wouldn't have her character would have been consistent. What did she learn? She didn't learn anything. She was only it seemed like she only got with him when because he had money. Yeah, like yeah, I mean yeah. I don't know. But uh, in the 1942 re-edit, they don't kiss. They um, okay. like walk off into the sunset together. They cut the kiss at the end. Uh-huh. Um, and part of that is because they were no longer together by the 1942 re-release. So it changes the ending a little bit. They still end up together, but there's not the, the kiss at the end. Huh. Um, Dang, it must have ended bad. <laughs> uh, I think pretty much most of Charlie Chaplin's relationships <laughs> ended badly. <laughs> um okay. so that's that's the gold rush that's the gold rush but okay well, i've got more to talk about you have more to talk about well i just was gonna say like do you have more to talk about the movie i have like just like you know it came out and that kind of stuff just like editing and other like aspects of the yeah movie, go definitely. go for it um so i think that this movie was just i don't know it was so entertaining and like i said it felt like he had comedy sket like skits planned you know like those were the most 
well thought out, most well produced scenes and bits, and they're all mm-hmm. used in sets and things like that, like the cabin um, at the beginning or during the blizzard. You know, they open one door and it's fine, and they open the other door and a w- the wind's going through, and you know he's flying out the thing. You know, like all of that acting was amazing, mm-hmm. um, but the way that it was edited was really smooth. Um, the cuts were awesome. They did use some of the same like pin. What is it? The the scope. You know where it scopes in. Or oh, irising in. Irising in and out. Um, they had some good special effects. Like there was miniatures at the end. Whenever the cabin is uh, like about to fall off, Charlie Chaplin opens mm-hmm. up the door and holds onto the doorknob and flies out of the right. cabin. And it like there's cuts. a shot of him. Yeah, and it's like a little miniature, off, yeah. little doll. And there's a couple other times where he like falls down things, and you can see that it's like a, the use of a dummy. Like they mm-hmm. just like tossed a rag doll kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that was really neat. Like I, I, I thought that that humor was really, like. I don't know. I thought it was really effective. Um, yeah, super inventive too. Super I, inventive, definitely. I was very impressed with all of it, and yeah, like you said, it was just it felt so much more whole. Yeah. Than the other two, and yeah, a plus for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, the movie comes out. It's it it's very successful in the, in terms of box office. Um, it's one of the highest grossing movies in silent film, um, like yeah, among silent films. Should, yeah. Um, some people at the time uh, it was pretty well regarded. Um, at the time there was some really good reviews, some mixed reviews. And since then it's gotten pretty consistently high reviews and high remarks. Um, it's kind of stands up. There's, you know, uh, actually it's on the Wikipedia page. I think that talks about a, a review from variety, which I think I was able to find the full review, um, that talks about how just epic it was in its scope for comedy and, in, there was a there was a line that says just as the birth of a nation still withstands the many competitors in the dramatic class this is kind of the one that stands the test of time in terms of comedies of the era is what they say there's so, got to be something better than the birth of a nation that withstands the, com- the drama well, right you'd yeah. think but that kind of as we've talked about kind of stands up for years and years and years until Not like sure. you know maybe like 20 30 years go by then other things start to compete with it in terms of critical yeah. um, acclaim um i guess that's fair but this for comedy yeah and so like i said before it's it's that, been it's number 74 on the afi top 100 list number uh, 58 on the 10th anniversary list and AFI's also done a 100 years 100 laughs top comedies of all time and it's ranks number 25 on that list as wow. well um it's been you know preserved by the library of congress and uh, it had that 1942 release, which was also super successful. And like I said, it's been parodied and and um, uh, tributed in Looney Tunes and yeah. The Simpsons. And um, Amy Adams' character in The Muppets also does the like a version of the bread dancing thing right, in yeah. one of the in the scenes. So it's just constantly, constantly imitated and and looked at as an inspiration for many, many, many years. That's awesome. Uh, final thoughts on the gold rush yeah like i said a plus i liked it a lot i'm like really interested i want to watch more charlie chaplin things i really wish he didn't tell me about the whole 15 year old thing but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think he's like a really interesting auteur like i I like his comedy it seems like vaudeville marx brothers stuff which is right up my alley Mm -hmm. um i think this is one that i'm gonna i don't know maybe revisit Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not I'd be interested to see the, the 1942 two. release. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to watch that in a and couple of days here. Watch the one with sound. Yeah, see, see what he compares. decided he wanted to re-edit and, and switch around. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's actually a biopic of, of him that I haven't watched with 
called Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr. as Charlie Chaplin that was made in, I think, the early 90s, and he got an Academy Award nomination for it, I believe. Oh, really? I haven't seen that, but I would like to maybe dive into that, too, to yeah. get a little bit more about the, the man himself. Yeah, and I want to read that book, too, that you're yeah. reading, that autobiography. Yeah, the, it's, yeah, it's just called Charles Chaplin, My Autobiography, and it's... Uh, it's actually pretty good. He's he's not a bad writer. Yeah. Um, he's got a very interesting story, so I'd I'd highly recommend it if you have the chance. Uh, check it out at your local library. And I definitely highly recommend this film, The Gold Rush. I mean, yeah. it's 1925. I don't imagine too many people are going to go pick up a silent film, but yeah. if you've ever got an itch, <laughs> go pick up Gold Rush. And this was uh, my first exposure to Charlie Chaplin. My final Same. thoughts are um, I, I think I get it a little bit. I th- he was... And I, I don't, honestly, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Um, maybe it's because I grew up with Marx Brothers and stuff. I think those are like laugh out loud, funny throughout uh-huh. and just quick paced and everything. Uh-huh. I was really impressed with the, the dramatic story that this was telling alongside the comedy. So some of the sad. scope of the com- <laughs> right. some of the yeah. scope of the comedy as well. And just the idea, like we had talked about, he directed it, he produced it, he wrote it, uh-huh. he starred in it, he edited it. He did the music for the, you know, he was involved with some of the music choices. And he, this was all done from a studio that he helped found. Yeah. And so it's just like the creative vision that he had. There's a very singular creative vision that is he's super impressive. Yeah. Um, and, it, he's, you know, it's not just like, you know, uh, Adam, Jim Carrey or something where it's just like an actor who might help with some of the writing, but he's involved in every aspect of the production of this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is his idea you know from start to finish and so that stuff was very impressive to me too Mm -hmm. um i don't think i liked it quite as much as i thought i was overall Mm -hmm. uh, mainly because i thought i was going to be laughing a lot more than i was Mm -hmm. Um, but it is it is a good movie and i see its merits and i see why people hold charlie chaplin up um, on such a pedestal, he especially for this time period, to be on this list, and this I think is a good. I mean, I gotta watch some of his other stuff, but I think this is, yeah. And spoiler alert: there will be more Charlie Chaplin that we will be going through. Oh, cool! Um, in the next couple episodes. In the next few episodes, there really is a, there is some <laughs> upcoming Charlie Chaplin <laughs> movies. Um, I believe he's got a couple more on the list, so okay. at least two more that I can think of off okay, the top cool. of my head. So we will get some more exposure to him and see how he continues to evolve throughout his career and adjust to the changing times of the cinema. And see uh, the uh, different com- ru- the comedy routines and the uh, different women he's dating. And of course. The, uh, what else? Hopefully no more problematic things as we continue yeah, to uncover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, I feel like that I'm might sure be a little bit of movies. I'm like, this is so sad. Honestly, <laughs> that I feel like that might be a worthy conversation to have going forward. I know because we're probably going to touch on like Roman Polanski movies eventually and uh-huh. Woody Allen movies eventually. Uh-huh. And just kind of having that conversation of, you know, we've done it with D.W. Griffith. He was problematic. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin has some problematic things. It's just like, how do you, are you able to separate art from artists? Yeah. And, and kind of stuff this good. I mean, I can. <laughs> right. It's a, it's an ongoing conversation. And especially in today's day and age and culture, it's something that is I can't super tricky. Situation. For this film, I can right. <laughs> right now because I also didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But for the other ones in the future, once I hear whatever they got going, maybe it'll, it'll change my mind. It'll be definitely <laughs> be an ongoing conversation that I think is going to come up a lot. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it for, for this episode. We have been talking about 1925's The Gold Rush. Uh, my name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. Catch us next time on What Makes It Great. Thank you.